If you would stand with me in respect for the public reading of God's word today, we're going to read from Psalm 25 in the first 10 verses. Psalm 25, starting at verse 1 and reading in Jesus' name. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love. For they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me. For the sake of your goodness, O Lord, good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word. We ask that you would open our ears, that we would hear your word, and our minds, that we can understand your words. Lord, oh, we pray that you would open our hearts, that we will believe your words. And we pray for willing hands and feet and, and mouths that we would do and go and speak your truth. Jesus, we pray today in your name. Amen. You can please be seated. As we, as we look at this psalm, and we see in here, we see in here that the psalmist writes um, in asking God, as he writes this psalm, asking God to give him or to instruct him in the way he should go. And that's, that's the, main, the main point of, of the psalm and the message today, is, is that instruction of the Lord. A couple of just little highlights about this psalm. This is a psalm of David. David wrote this psalm, but this is also a psalm, and just a reminder, by way of reminder, the psalms are a book of songs. So these are, are songs that they would have, would have sung in their, in their worship, or, or maybe some of them are songs of ascent, as the people would come up to, to Jerusalem. They would come for the Passover. They would be singing these songs. And so this book of songs, this one is written as an acrostic um, so each of the letter, each of the verses start with the next successive letter of the um, of the Hebrew alphabet. And so, if you want to see those letters, you could just go to Psalm one nineteen, and each of those sections is titled. And if you have those titles in your book and or in your in your version in your particular Bible, like Psalm one nineteen, the first eight verses are Aleph. A-L-E-P-H, and, and that's the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And the next letter is Beth, and you can go through the list. And those are the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. I, I don't know that there's any great significance in that, but I find it interesting. It's an acrostic, and, and so they can remember, and, and it, it's kind of a neat way. Um, so we, we look at this in each, um, each of those Verse, each of those verses, but this psalm, we're going to look at that with this, with this thought, um, teach me your ways. But look at, look at what David writes at the beginning of that, oh my God, in you I trust. Um, you are my salvation. And then he says, make me to know your ways. 
He's writing as one. He's writing this song as one. And this song is written as for one who is a believer in Jesus. And he's saying, I, I believe, I have faith. Help me, help me to walk in that faith. Help me to live out that faith. Help me to, to live in the way I should. And so the psalmist writes and he says, this is what I believe and I trust in you. My life is in your hands. Now help me to live that way. And that's really, isn't that, isn't that the, the part of our life that we, that, that we live out our faith? We come to know Jesus as our Savior, and then we spend our life learning how to live in that faith, how, how I should walk and what I should do. You know, we, we have a couple of grand, granddaughters, and, and our youngest is, um, was born in August, and so she's starting to learn to crawl. And, it, and I love to see, I love to see when they start to crawl. And I had a, I had a toy here. Does anybody have a spare toy? I, I hate to take that away from you. Thank you. I'll give it back. <laughs> I love to watch a little baby as they're learning to walk, or learning to crawl, right? Because they'll have a toy, and that toy will be there, and they'll be playing with it. And as they play with it, it gets moved just out of their reach. And you guys, you guys have seen this, and some of you will, well, maybe some of you don't really recognize this, but you'll see it when you start to see your kids or start to notice them. But they, it's just out of their reach, and so they reach for it, and they're learning to crawl, right? They're learning to move, and so they reach and they pull. But what happens, they're trying to reach for it, so instead of pulling themselves towards it, they push because they're trying to reach it, and they crawl backwards. Almost every child I've ever seen, the first thing they do is they crawl backwards, right? Because they... Because it doesn't make sense. As, I don't know. Okay, some of you might say, well, Marshall, you have the mind of a six-month-old. <laughs> I don't know. But, right, it, it, to reach that, it makes sense to reach for it. And so you're reaching and you push backwards. Right? We learned that you have to motivate and you have to pull to get there. Right? And so as a child, they learned these things, Right? As we've grown and we've matured, some, some of us have grown and matured faster than others. And we learn and we get up and we crawl and we walk and we run. And, and, and when we do this, we have to learn the steps. We have to learn how to, to do each of those things. We learn to eat, sit up on our own. We learn to eat on our own. We learn to walk and, and to, to play with toys. And we learn all of the things that we have to learn to be able to get a job, make enough money so that we can go to our second childhood and, and play again, you know, whatever, right? We, we, we learn all of these things, all of these uh, ways that we have to just to live, right? to be healthy. Well, we have to learn how to live spiritually too. Not just, not just physically learning how to crawl, but spiritually learning how to crawl. 
not just learning physically how to walk, but spiritually how to walk. And, and we, we, have these, we have the instructions of God. And God, God tells us, you know, in, in the New Testament we read that, that God doesn't want us to be like babes, still, still drinking milk, when we should be, we should be mature and, and, having, and having steak. Yeah, we should be having solid food, and, and instead we're still drinking milk. He says, I, that's not what he wants. He says, I want you to grow. And, and David, as he writes this psalm, he says, teach me your ways. Help me to know how to live. Help me to know so that I don't keep going backwards. So that, so that you've saved me, and, I, and I'm reaching for this, for this glory, and I'm reaching for that, but I'm pushing myself back into the, back into the crud of my previous life. I, I don't want that, David writes. And God doesn't want that for you. And David says, teach me, instruct me. See, we need to learn. We need to learn how to, to live lives of faith. You were born, yeah, some of you are going, yeah, that's pretty obvious, Marshall. You were, but, but you were born with a human nature. You were born with a sinful nature. David says, in sin did my mother conceive me. We were born that way. And then God, Jesus says in John 3, the Pharisee Nicodemus comes and says, what must I do? And Jesus says, you must be born again. So we have, must have this spiritual birth. And so we have this, this, this old nature and this new nature. And, and, there's, and, and we're struggling with that. And how do we live into that new nature? How do we live that out? And how do we, how do we, reach, for, how do we reach for those things? See, when, when, God's give, when God gives his instructions and God gives the Ten Commandments and, and we have those, those illustrative there for us, so this is what you should do. This is God's standard. This is how you should live. And so we look at it and we say, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And we, and we look at that, and, and, we, and, and we, God teaches us how we should put him first. Right? God should be first. God expects that. Why? Because this is a part of God, who God is. God is a jealous God, and he doesn't want you divided. He doesn't want your divided attention. He wants you completely and holy. He wants all of you. And so we have to learn how, how we do that. And, it, you know, and sometimes we think in the Sunday school answers, you know, it's, it's Jesus. And we give these easy answers, right? And we say, well, this is what we do. We've got to put God first. And then we go live our life. And our job pulls us in one direction. Our family pulls us in another direction. Our commitments into the community pull us in another direction. Our church pulls us in another direction. And, and, and we start, and, and how do we do this? How do we keep God first in our lives? So David says, teach me. Teach me your ways. And take another one. How about, how about remember, honor the Sabbath day? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And we look at that and we, and we, and we say, okay, well, we, should, we can do this. 
and not this. And we can be like the Pharisees of, of, the, of, of the Bible times. And they, and they laid it out. This is how many steps you could take. You could, rescue a, you could rescue an animal if it was in danger of dying, but you couldn't, do, you couldn't do this or that, you know. And they had all their lists of rules. And we could do that, but that's not, Jesus says the Sabbath wasn't, man wasn't made for the Sabbath, but, but the Sabbath was made for man. In, in, a, in a day when it was, uh, when agriculture was more, was more physically demanding and less, and less mentally taxing, is it's flipped a little bit today, maybe a lot today, right? We, it, it's, it's different. Maybe we need to, maybe we need to be outside and, and, and going for a walk on a, on a, on a Sunday afternoon rather than, rather than, sitting on our recliner taking a nap, right? Because we, we need to rejuvenate. And God says this is met. So we, we ask God, just as David did, teach me your ways. Help me to know how to live in your truth. Help me to know how to honor that Sabbath day. Then I'll keep it holy. How about, how about um, thou shalt not murder? And don't... Don't murder. And, and, and we look at that and we say, oh, well, that one's easy. <laughs> I haven't murdered anybody. And then Jesus says, if you hate your neighbor, you've committed this sin. You've broken this commandment. And so we ask God, teach me your ways. Help me know how to live today in them. Help me to know how to walk through them that I'm going through honoring you with my life. As believers, as people of of that are trusting in Jesus, that we've put our lives in his hands. Now we say, now we say, teach me. Teach me how to live. Instruct me in the ways I should go. As he says this, there are, there are two, two points I, I, that I want to highlight this morning uh, as far as is how he teaches um, First of all, he teaches the humble, and then he teaches those who wait. First of all, the humble, um, starting at verse, verse 8. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. To the humble. You know, and, and we, look at, we look at humility and we, we recognize when somebody is humble. And we recognize when somebody is not. And, and you know, you've probably heard this, you've probably heard this statement. Um, somebody say this statement, well, I'm humble. And if you don't believe me, ask me or something like that. You know, and, and if you have to tell somebody that you're humble, it's pretty obvious that you're not. Right? Um, but humility. Humility, just, just being willing, to, being willing to, not to have to have your way. Part of humility. And it tell you a couple of stories about humility. And this one is um, David Siemens writes this story in his book, Healing Grace. So David Siemens, Healing Grace. And he didn't say where he got it, so I'll, I'll take it from there. Um, this is from the funeral of Emperor Franz Joseph I of Austria. 
Um, for more than 600 years, the Habsburgs exercised political power. And so 600 years now, Joseph, France Joseph dies. And, and this is the, well, the processional, let me just read this. The processional of dignitaries and elegantly dressed court people escorted the coffin draped in the black and gold imperial colors to the accompaniment of a military band's somber dirges. And by the light of torches, the cortege descended the stairs of the monastery in Vienna. At the bottom was a great door leading to the, the Habsburg family crypt. And behind the door was the cardinal, the archbishop of Vienna. The officer in charge of the ceremony, um, according to establish, the ceremony established centuries before, cries out, open. The cardinal responds, who goes there? The officer in charge responds, We bear the remains of his imperial and apostolic majesty, France Joseph I. By the grace of God, Emperor of Austria, King of Hungary, Defender of the Faith, Prince of Bohemia, Moravia, Grand Duke of Lombardy, Venezia, Sturgia, the officer continued to, the list, to list the emperor's 37 titles. The cardinal responds, We know him not. Who goes there? The officer spoke again, this time using a much abbreviated and less ostentatious title reserved for times of expediency. The cardinal once again says, we know him not, who goes there. The officer tried a third time, stripping the emperor of all but the humblest of titles. We bear the body of Franz Joseph, our brother, a sinner like us all. At that, the doors swung open, and France Joseph was admitted. All of the titles that we have, all of the titles and all of the things that give us importance in, in the world's eyes at some point amount to nothing. At some point, we all stand before God. A sinner just like everyone else. And David recognized that. David recognized, I am a sinner. He, he recognized that in his life, and he said, he said, he said For, forgive me. Father, save me. And, and he says to God, heal me. And God says, I'll teach the humble my ways. See, David learned, and David is a man after God's own heart. David learned that. We, we learn humility. And we learn humility by remembering, remembering who we are before God. Remembering that, remembering that no matter how many people pat me on the back and tell me how great I am, no matter how many titles I have, no matter how much wealth I have, no matter how much power I have, no matter how much, we're all the same before God. In the New Testament, it says there's neither male or female, Jew or Greek. We all stand before God the same. If we want to learn, if we want to learn to walk in God's ways, we must humble ourselves before him.
Do you want to learn? Recognize, recognize your great need for him. There was a story told of a, a pastor told this story, and, and he said he came to the back of the church after a sermon, and he's, he's shaking hands, and this gal came back, and she said, oh, that's a good, good message, pastor. I really appreciated it. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And he says, oh, he said, thanks, but don't thank me. Thank God. She looked at him. She said, well, it wasn't that good. Right? So he, he learned humility. He was kind of forced to learn humility, right? I almost forgot to bring this back. Sorry. <laughs> he, he was kind of forced to learn humility, right? Because his message was, yeah, it was good, but it uh, wasn't that good, right? Well, sometimes, sometimes in life, we're going to be faced with those kinds of situations. Right? We're going to be reminded. And how much better isn't it that we've already come to that point of humility on our own rather than being pushed into it. Humility, not necessarily easy. Then the one, and I, and I had the children help us with that a little bit, wait. Those who wait on the Lord. We read as we began the worship, our worships this morning, we began with, with Isaiah. Those who wait on the Lord will be lifted up. Right? We, need to, we need to wait on him. And, and, and wait for him to, uh, he says, for you, I wait all the day long. It, it, we might have to wait for God and wait for God and wait for God, but God never fails. God will pick you up. God will lift you up. God will, pick, God will lift you up on wings of eagles, as, as he says in Isaiah. But we have to wait. Wait for him. Boy, it's, 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 it. I was going to say it's easy. Well, it, it, it can be easy for some of us. Maybe this is the way I should say it. Some, it's easy and they just want to charge in, right? We, we just go. For, for, in our family, I am, the, I am the thinker and the plotter and, and, uh, let's wait. Uh, let's let's just take our time on that, and and we consider it. And and Tara, she's kind of the opposite. She's she hears she hears an idea, and let's go. What are we sitting around? There's an idea. Well, was it a good idea? It doesn't matter. It was an idea. Let's go. <laughs> right? She's just full full bore ahead. And, and I and I say that in a humorous way. Tara Tara's got she's she's got a lot of wisdom. And she keeps me from doing a lot of dumb things. And sometimes she forces me to go ahead and not do the dumb thing that I would have done by waiting, right? And so some, for some of us, it's easy to say, we're, not gonna, we're just going to keep going. Some of us, we, we kind of couch our cowardice or our slothfulness or our indecisiveness behind the, I'm waiting, right? But he's saying here, waiting on God waiting for God's direction. And see, this is where we need his instruction again. We need his instruction on how to hear his voice and know his direction and know what he's saying. Is this God's direction or is it just my whim? Is this God's will or is this, or is this me forcing my will? We've, we've probably all prayed something. We maybe haven't said it in these exact terms, but we said, here are my, here are my plans, God. Now bless them. We've all done it. Maybe not in those exact words, right? 
but we've all done it. We said, this is what I'm going to do. God, get on board. But we need to wait and say, God, what would you have me to do? Help me to get on board with your will. Let me wait on you. In the major decisions in life, we commit them to prayer, and we wait, and we, we wrestle them, and we maybe make lists, pros and cons, and we do all this, and we, and we wrestle it out, and we, we talk to people, and we, and we do that, and we wait. But maybe just in life in general, God kind of gets a second back seat. David says, wait on God. And then he says to God, teach me. Help me to know. And God teaches those who wait for him. God teaches those who, who are listening for him. God teaches those who are humble before him. And then we know. We know. And, and you know, and as I... As I shared a little bit of, of that instructions or trying to figure our way through life. You know, there are, there are different things in, in every era, different ways that we have to learn or different things. How do, we, how do we navigate life, a life of faith in this? How do we navigate a life of faith? You, you know, maybe it's in, in all the medical advances in technology, what, what's true here, what, you know, how, how would God have us to do, you know, more, more tests, more, more, you know, try this, try that, what would God have me to do? And, and, and it can be in, in so many areas, and we have to learn. So let's be humble, and let's wait for God, listen for him. And then follow him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for, we thank you for your words today. We thank you that, that you have given us examples like David, who have, gone, who have gone before us, leaving us great examples on how to live. We thank you that you hear us, that you answer us. We thank you that you teach us when we humbly wait for you. Lord, we confess that we, like, like little babies, we need to learn and to grow. Help us to go beyond the stage of infancy to the stage of, of toddlers, to the stage of, of adolescence and, and youth and to an adult, mature adult. Lord, we pray that you would help us to, to find these stages and to walk through them um, confidently in you. Jesus, we love you and we pray in your name. Amen.